afternoon. Welcome to Kitchen Radio. My name is Rita Catoni and of course you're listening to this show on ACCC 102.1 FM in Alice Springs and in Tennant Creek or you might be listening via the World Wide Web or you might be listening via a podcast at a later point in time. That opening track was one of my favourite ever Eurovision songs. Um, it's called Apricot Stone by Eva Rivas from Armenia. That's actually from the 2010 Eurovision competition. For a few years there, I was an avid listener of Eurovision and this has to be my favourite ever track. I'm just going to introduce my guest tonight, Franny Coglin. Franny, are you a Eurovision fan at all? No, I'm afraid I'm not, Rita. <laughs> it's not something I've ever really watched. Well, as I said, it was just a few years there, but this one I particularly like that song and the fact that it's Armenia I really like. And, of course, our featured our featured food for the night is apricots, which, you know, the song is called Apricot Stone. And for me, Armenia encapsulates, you know, apricots because they're, they're a European fruit, but you're, I also associate them with a lot of Middle Eastern cooking. Mm. And sort of why I've decided to go for apricots is because I bought some really beautiful apricots last week from Food, from, uh, food for Alice, which came from Bruce Simmons. Um, and they were just the perfect ripeness, etc. But I don't imagine you bought any of those apricots for any, did you? No, Rita. <laughs> my experience with apricots is a little bit different to yours. So I've asked Franny to come today, not because she's necessarily an apricot fan or an expert, but actually because Franny's got a strong emotion towards apricots, don't you, Franny? Yes, I grew up with apricots. We had about five or six trees on the property I grew up on. And I had a mother who was into who waste, wasted not want not was her big saying. So we ate millions of apricots <laughs> every year. And how many of you were there? There were five children. And we, we, did you grow up on a farm? Grew up on a farm, and everyone, my father and mum, to her credit, also submitted herself to this apricot regime. They come out in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, well, now, well they, they're out now. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. the first um, stone fruit that comes out, yeah. Mm. And I think the trees sort of themselves seem to stagger their production a little bit. We stewed them. We preserved them. <laughs> we ate some raw. We made jam, chutney. Yeah. And I think she, ma- she made a sauce called panyan sauce. And oh, I think okay. she snuck a few apricots into that oh, too. Oh, wow. And like five trees is a lot if Mm. they're all fruiting at Mm. once as well. Yeah. I mean, I know I spoke to someone else who also grew up on a farm on the East Coast and he said they had two trees and that was like, that was like for four kids and two adults. And he said that was a lot of apricots. Yeah. It's a lot of apricots all going well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And what about your siblings? Do they feel similarly strongly to you about apricots? Absolutely. My older brother (laughs) nearly collapses at the mere mention of the word and the rest of us. No one's enthusiastic about about apricots. Yeah, and you can't really say, oh, well, there's these new apricots around because apricots just are apricots, you know. They've got a strong taste and because you can use them in a variety of ways, like you had them for breakfast, Mm. sort of stewed on your porridge or apricot jam on your toast, every dessert could have apricot in it, like apricot (laughs) sponge or apricot crumble or steam pudding with apricots yeah and they are actually quite strong aren't they they've got this kind of aromatic to mm. them um mm. as well did you help your mum do all that preserving 
Uh, oh, yes. It was sort of like a, my, my grandmother would come from Wagga Wagga and we were like a little assembly line, sort of picking, washing, cutting, getting some kernels because some kernels are good to put in the jam, sure. I think. Sure. They give it a, a, a flavour, don't they? Yeah. Got some well, sort of... And children's hands to put pack the fruit in the preserving jar. Yeah. So children were, are very important in the preserving, <laughs> li- yeah. on the preserving <laughs> assembly line. It's funny, like I've spoken to other people and they've just got beautiful memories of, of doing mm. this and it's just interesting that, you know, one person can have a really, you know, positive memory and someone else can just go, no, that was too much. And maybe it was to do with the actual numbers of apricots. I'm sure it was and that my mother's sort of various ways of sort of preserving them meant that it went on for months. <laughs> <laughs> I like the process. Yeah. quite like sure. yeah. bottling them. I quite like doing things, like making the jam and stuff. I just didn't want to eat it. Now, did your mum eat it? Yes. All oh, right, so she never got sick of it. Oh, I think she probably did, but that wasn't <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> um, Everyone got sick of it, but... They were there, so right. you ate them. So when you see those beautiful local fresh apricots, you're not tempted no. in any way whatsoever. No. Oh, that's sad. If I mean, I would eat a beautiful raw fresh apricot. We've, I can tempt you later on. I've <laughs> okay. got a couple here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So Bruce Simmons, his his apricots are fruiting at the moment, and I don't know if you've seen in other years there've been an apricot crop from Kenmore Park down on the APY lands. So I've been there, but yeah. I've never noticed the. Ap- a couple of years ago, there was a really big crop, and you could mm. buy it here in Alice Springs. But apparently this year, because there's been very little rain mm. and there's drought, and actually the the bore water there is really low, mm. it's sounding like there will only be a very minimal crops so we won't actually get any apricots here in Alice Springs sadly. Apricots seem to be the first stone fruit that hits the supermarkets and I always think I'm always excited when I get that first stone fruit but Mm. I feel very differently about stone fruit like in about three or four months time. I like some stone fruit it's only apricots (laughs) that I'm particularly... Um, well, let's have a listen to what Jeff says. Right. So I went and had a chat to Jeff next door because I was curious about whether it's just that um, only apricots grow here in Alice Springs or maybe other fruit grows mm. here in Alice Springs because I haven't seen any local nectarines or peaches ever for sale. So let's have a listen to what Jeff says about apricots. Kitchen Radio on air on C Community Radio every Friday at 530 so, Jeff, I bought some apricots the other day from Food for Alice and they're obviously growing locally here, but there weren't nectarines or anything else. Is it because apricots are in season or it's because apricots do particularly well here? Apricots are in season. Uh, many of the stone fruit will grow here. Uh, the, the real key to stone fruit here is getting low chill varieties. Right? So there are some that are high chill, so in other words you've got to have so many hours below a certain temperature each year for them to fruit. If we don't get that, they won't fruit. So they can be a bit intermittent here. Um, last year, when we had the two minus five, minus sixes, every fruit tree that I had in this nursery, deciduous fruit tree I had in this nursery, was covered in fruit. I'd never experienced that before. Every one of them, peaches, plums, nectarines, all did very well. So yes, they will grow here. But apricots are the first of the season, so they're the ones. I had some of those apricots too. I had them. They were Bruce's, I think. Bruce Simmons's, yeah. and uh, he brought them to me. Yeah. Well, he didn't, Jenny did, so. And they were really good. Yeah. Yep. But see, he had, I don't know how big his crop was this year, but last year his crop was enormous because of that cold 
colder days and uh, he had two trees with literally thousands of apricots on but this year we didn't have a very cold winter so still had some cold nights but yes so the, the crops weren't as good right often in Alice you'll find that uh, a lot of even the citrus you get a good crop one year and you'll get a light crop the following year unless you're really on the ball and you're feeding and watering and all those sort of things properly uh, it tends to be a little bit like that and also with the stone fruit yeah, it's reliant on uh, nighttime temperatures. Sure, but apricots will grow as well as nectarines yes. or peaches. If uh, as long as, preferably, you've got low chill variety. I mean, um, you know, there are a lot of trees that are sold that aren't low chill, and they will fruit, but they won't consistently fruit every year. Are all the ones that you sell low chill? I try to have them all low chill. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and uh, also now with your apricots, you can actually. I haven't got any yet. Uh, you can get dwarf varieties. So a lot of the trees now, they're putting them onto a specific rootstock and uh, some of the peaches and nectarines, apricots only grow to, even mulberries. I think the mulberry trees only grow to three to four metres. And um, almonds, also you can get dwarfs. So there's a variety of dwarf ones that you know, get to two, three metres and um, they're fantastic. Right. Do you like apricots? I love apricots. Good, just checking, because not everybody does. No, no. The first fruit I ever ate in Alice Springs was apricots. That was back in 1977, and I was given the task of stripping trees, apricot trees, because of a problem with fruit fly. And some of them would go straight into a bag or a bin. Others would go into another bag. And generally, they, I turned them into jam, so I had enough jam for over a year. Do you have any at home at the moment? No. Actually, ran out. Ran uh, out of apricot? Uh, apricot jam. The beginning oh, of the, okay. The beginning of the week. But no, I've got no apricots either because I just eat them straight away because they get, yeah. they get soft really easily. And are apricots more popular than nectarines? Oh, I don't know. I'd sell more apricot trees than nectarine trees. Okay. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I guess everybody likes apricots. I don't know. <laughs> Not everyone. No, you're probably right there. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> so, yeah, not everyone, eh, Franny? <laughs> not everyone. Um, do you think I can tempt you with some recipes with apricots? You can try. I can try. I'll, okay. I'll sit and listen. Okay, so this is a really fantastic one, and it's actually a savoury recipe, mm. and it's Persian chicken polo, and it's actually from Claudia Roden's Middle Eastern cookbook, which is almost like an encyclopedic book. I love this cookbook. Go through the recipe. So it's got basmati rice, onion, butter or oil, a chicken, a roasting chicken, salt and pepper, raisins. They're asking for sharp dried apricots chopped, so possibly more the Australian variety, and some cinnamon. So you fry your onion in the butter until it's nice and golden. Then you add your chicken pieces and brown them on all sides and then season that with salt and pepper and then you add your raisins and your apricots and you cook that for a little bit longer and then you turn the fruit in the fat so I love that idea of turning fruit in fat <laughs> um, you sprinkle with cinnamon and you cover with water and you just simmer that gently until the chicken is tender so you don't want it to be falling apart at this point and you can bone that chicken and then in the meantime you've soaked some your basmati rice in water um, you're going to put even more butter in the bottom of a large heavy saucepan and you're going to spread half the sort of partly cooked rice or the soaked rice on the bottom so that's about, I think it's about five, they said, I think 500 grams, yeah, of basmati rice. So that's quite a lot. So you're putting the rice down the bottom, uh, mm. half the rice, and then the chicken mixture on the top. 
and you're putting the rest of the rice on top and then you cover that um, with a cloth. So you actually put a cloth over the, uh, like over the lid mm-hmm. and then you're adding a little bit more water and that just makes the rice really fluffy. And then you, you cook that for another 30 minutes. You need to let it sit once it's cooked and then it'll be lovely and crispy around the outside and then it'll have the chicken cooked in the middle. Is that, is that tempting you in any way? The rice is. I okay. like the sound of that rice. What about the what about the apricots in there? I'm sure you could leave the apricots oh, out. Franny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it oh. does sound pretty nice. Yeah, I mean you possibly yeah. could use figs or anything else, but we're talking about apricots today, yeah, okay. so let's yeah. I think you have to get those sharp apricots, you know, the sharper tasting apricots, because I think we we are gonna talk about dried apricots in a little bit. Um, like that has a lot of appeal to me. But a lot of those, you know, particularly Iranian recipes, they do use a lot of dried fruit with mm. meat, with lamb or with chicken. So, yeah, I, I'm really, I, I'm a little bit sort of impressed with that myself. So I'm going to try it again next week. Um, look, the other one is like many years ago, my mum got all these Time Life cookbooks of the world, which we had when we were children. And we would sit there and pour over these recipes and imagine we were living in Europe or somewhere like that and eating apricot pies. But um, there's this one picture and it's it's in it's from it's from the Swiss Alps and it's this really rough looking pastry with apricots on the top and then these dobs of fresh cream on it. So it's a really, really simple pie and I have made it and it's just fantastic. You have to again you have to have your apricots quite tart. You don't want your apricots to be overripe. And you're just making a short crust pastry and it's really rough. And then you just put all your apricots on it and you turn them up. So you're not turning them down. And then you're sprinkling sugar all over them. And when it's cooked, well, then you just put little squirts of fresh cream or not. Now, Stephanie Alexander has a similar recipe to that. And it is really beautiful. Tempting, Franny? The picture's really beautiful. <laughs> I like the, the mountains in the background. I know, there. it is lovely. Uh, isn't yeah. it? I don't know whether it was the mountains or the apricot tart or the whole thing that just inspired me as a child. But... It took me a couple of years, I think, to be able to cook that because I grew up in North Queensland and we didn't readily have stone fruit, but Mm. um, it's pretty easy to get stone fruit everywhere at the moment. In fact, in addition to food for Alice, you can actually get stone fruit from IGA. Um, We can get apricots from IGA and from Coles. They're about $10 a kilo. Do you think that's a good price? It seems a bit expensive to me. What do you reckon? You probably think any price for an apricot is expensive. (laughs) Ridiculous, but... Uh, yeah. Probably nectarines. Probably that's comparable, isn't it? Yeah. The general stone fruit. Yeah, maybe. It's okay if it's really nice, good quality fruit. Yep. The thing that I love, I love when apricots come out and they're a little bit crisp and tart. Mm. What I really don't like about apricots is when they get flowery. Mm. And that's really when they're a little bit older, I think. But I've got this beautiful apricot that I got from Coles this afternoon and it's kind of red on one side and then it's orange. It's apricot coloured because apricots are colour as well. But Franny, it's got this little crease down there and you were telling me about that little crease. My memory is that's where you'd cut it when you halve the apricots. You cut along that little line that's on them all. So that made Mm. it very, you could be very neat. Yeah. 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 It kind of looks like a a little animal or a little body yeah. part doesn't it imagine the seed line goes oh there you go oh wow rita's eating i'm eating apricot. this apricot oh it's really good look at that color in there um the other thing i've got here is dried apricots should we talk a little bit about dried apricots sorry did you want to add anything more about the fresh apricot about the seed no, i'm happy with that they're happy with that yeah um do you what would you look for if you were buying apricots what would you look for do you think 
like you, I'd like them. I like them a little bit green, mm. and I don't like it when they get too ripe. Mm. But I have to. I confess, I don't. Yeah, I'm looking for them very often. Yeah, I mean, what I like about this one that I've got now is that the actual flesh is really like orange. Yeah, and I don't they're remember seeing. Yeah, they're actually a beautiful colour. And see the pip. Yep. Is in line with the cut. Oh, it is too. It's just yeah. it's just naturally broken. Yeah. There. Yeah. Wow. Um, and of course the the pip or the kernel has got an interesting story hasn't it because you you were talking about that this gets put in the jam sometimes yes some sometimes we'd have to then get you know smash the seed and get that little white inner yep. bit there and that and put that in with the jam not, oh, okay not heaps of it but you I have to be careful did you know that about the inside of an apricot kernel because it's actually quite toxic no, we never warned about that. <laughs> In fact, you can't um, you can't sell um, raw apricot kernels in Australia legally for food. Now, I know there's I did see some in a um, actually Afghan traders had them today. Well, I did point out to them, did they know that um, it's actually prohibited to to buy apricot kernels because they're actually toxic. Um, but you can use them for this. They're being sold for cosmetic purposes. So oh. you know, so that's I know you can get apricot kernel. Um, oil and all yeah, sorts yeah. of things but it's yeah and it's because of their potential toxicity so what about dried apricots so i've got these um i've got two dried apricots here franny can i tempt you please um no i'm oh. fine thanks <laughs> <laughs> okay so what i've got is i've got a turkish dried apricot which is the whole apricot that gets dried and that's a beautiful orange color it looks almost exactly the same color as the fresh apricot so what how's that dried so that's dried with sulfur yeah. Yeah. And then there's these brown uh, brown dried apricots, which don't look anywhere near as pretty. No, they look a bit leathery, eh? They do, but they actually taste better. I'll just do a live tasting. Yeah, they're actually a, a much better flavour than the um, other ones. But I do like the... Um, I found the Australian apricots were too expensive to buy. You know, they were um, a lot more expensive than the Turkish apricots mm. everywhere, which is a little bit sad. So probably they're organic, are they? Yeah, these ones, the ones that um, the brown ones are organic apricots that haven't been dried with sulphur. Mm, naturally dried. Yeah, because there's you don't necessarily want a lot of sulphur, do you? No, and I don't. none of us really I want a lot of <laughs> And a lot of people love apricots, Franny. I know you don't love apricots, but a lot of other people do. And I, I don't found, hold that against anyone. Oh, that, that's good. <laughs> I found a poem, an apricot poem, apart from the fact that I, I can't tell you how many songs there are about apricots. Like, I couldn't find any songs hardly about zucchini, but there's so many songs about apricots. Sort of love songs and things. Yeah, all sorts of things. There must be lots of, like, connotations with apricot because they are a little bit heart-like, aren't they, and pretty. Yeah, they look sort of a bit... Voluptuous. Well, they do, don't yeah. they? I hadn't thought about that, but yes. We won't sort of go too far. <laughs> um, so this was a poem called The Solitude of an Apricot by Carl Adamschick. And um, I'll just read it out. Away from leaf touch from twig, away from the markings and the evidence of others, beyond the shale night filling with rain, beyond the sleepy origin of sadness, back, back into the ingrown room. The place where everything loved is placed, assembled for memory. The delicate hold and tender rearrangement of what is missing. Like certain words, a colour reflected off water a few years back. 
apricots and what burns. It has obtained what is, sweet with a stone, sweet with the concession of a few statements, a few lives it will touch without bruising. It's kind of sweet because, yeah, Yeah. the issue of bruising is important, I think, with apricots because when I bought my apricots last week, I put them in a Coles bag and I didn't realise it was a Coles bag filled with apricots. I'd forgotten very quickly and I put my hand on the, I, I, you know, put some pressure on it and I like came home and I kind of had apricot jam, Mm. which was pretty Mm. devastating because they were such beautiful apricots. So they do bruise quite easily, don't they? I think they do, and maybe that's why we tend to like sort of greener ones yeah. because it's e- they sort of maintain their taste and their yeah. shape. And, and you know that they haven't been bruised, no. etc. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's about it tonight. Lots more things to say about apricots. They're a colour, they're a shape. They can be fresh, they can be dry. And we all know now that the stone is quite contentious. Just a mm. few more things. Did you know, Franny, that they are a member of the Rose family? I didn't, and I did wonder where they came from. Where did apricots... What came from? Well, well, you know, actually Stephanie told me they come from China, from 2,500 BC, so they've been around for a really long Mm. time, and they made their way to Europe through the old silk, through the old silk roots, yeah. Very much in in Middle Eastern cooking. Mm. So you think of them more as Middle Eastern, not... Chinese, not Asian. No, it's funny, isn't it? Even though they came from Mm. China, I don't associate them at all with any Asian cooking. I I went and tried to have a look at some old sort of 1970s, 80s women's weekly cookbooks because there used to be things like, you know, peaches and chicken or apricots and chicken and I really couldn't find any odd recipes with chicken. Do you remember any sort of strange things that were ever done with apricots way back when? No, I don't. (laughs) And I did look up the old common sense cookbook yeah. which we grew up with and it just had you know stewed ap- i think stew- two recipes stewed apricots and maybe apricot sponge or something oh my god they're such a sensible fruit aren't they like no one's experimenting or doing anything wacky with them at all no, no. well your favorite your recipe before was a bit wacky oh you think the chicken the yeah. chicken and uh and dried apricots yeah see i and think that's rice. pretty straight yeah no see i don't think that's wacky but yeah, I think that's that's something that I would might cook any day of the week. But yeah, maybe not everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to finish off tonight's show. I should say tonight's show is a little bit different than other night's shows because it actually started at five and the show's going to now start at five o'clock each week. It's going to be about a 40 or a 45 minute show. Tonight we're going to go out with an apricot song. And I, I thought this woman's name was Franny Lumsden. I was like, oh, my God, Franny, there's two Frannies on the show. <laughs> but it's actually Fanny Lumsden. Um, and her band's called Fanny Lumsden and the Thrill Seekers. And they're an alternative country folk pop band. Um, they've obviously got a female front. You, have you heard of them I've at all? I've never heard of them. No, and they tour. I read that they tour all over regional and remote Australia and I had a look at their tour. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe they'll come to Alice Springs. But I uh, know. It seemed regional and remote Australia was mainly Queensland and Victoria and New South Wales, which for me isn't really uh, regional and remote. It's regional. We should write to them tell them that they can't use that remote word, shouldn't we? Sort of probably how half the Australian population thinks. That they are remote. No, but they're not. We can tell them about being remote, can't we? Though some of those country towns are pretty remote, really. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the services that That's come right, to yeah. Because, yeah. in fact, um, you know, I've, I, I know someone down in Tassie, down on that Sigmund Peninsula at the moment, 
And um, you can be a long, you can be an hour from a major capital mm. city, but still be quite remote and not have access to the sort of services you have here. But now we're off topic now, so we okay. need to get back on to Apricots. So this track is called Apricot Sunday. If you're listening to this show on um, via a podcast, you won't be able to hear it. But of course, you can go and get that on uh, Spotify or on iTunes or who knows anywhere else. So, uh, good night. Tune in next week. We're going to have a couple of Christmas special episodes of Kitchen Radio. And remember that they're all going to be starting now at 5 p.m. Thanks, Franny, very much. My pleasure. I'm and sorry I wasn't really <laughs> enthusiastic. No, but I thought it was interesting. Person. No, but it's good. It's good to bring someone in who actually doesn't, who, who, who has got a lot of experience with apricots, but maybe doesn't really love apricots. So, thanks, Franny, very much. We're going out tonight with Apricot Sunday. Oh,